This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We would like to acknowledge and pay respect to the Wondery people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders past and present and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. This episode, it's Sophie and Maddie's biggest guest ever. Honestly, I knew I had to do this. That's right. Kathy Wood. Wall Street calls her brilliant. Kathy Wood. Kathy Wood. Kathy Wood. Kathy Wood. Kathy Wood. Kathy Wood, if you ever want to like chat with us, (laughs) we're open to it. (laughs) Oh God, (laughs) fangirls. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us on your In Good Company. I'm really happy to be here. Today, the innovative mind behind ARK Invests is sharing her ideas with us. Everything I've done in my career up to now was in preparation for this moment. Famous for charting her own course. We don't care what's in benchmarks. We're looking to the future. We're learning that Kathy and her team at ARK, they're just warming up. We've just gotten started. You're about to hear Sophie and Maddie talk with Kathy about AI, Bitcoin, disruptors like Elon Musk, and what she thinks is the real magic behind innovation. And she'll give us an answer to the most simple question of them all. How would you, knowing what you know now, manage your money? The most important thing is... Hello and welcome to You're In Good Company, a podcast that makes investing accessible for everyone. I am Maddie Guest and as always, I'm in some very good company with my co-host, Sophie Digger. Hello, Sophie. Hello. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure you could tell by the new intro of today, we were also joined by a very, very special guest. The one and only. Kathy <laughs> Wood. Yes, Maddie. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you just made me do that. <laughs> the eye contact, like you got what I was putting down. <laughs> it's like, oh no, what happened? No, but we today were joined by probably one of the biggest guests that we will have on the podcast. I think we're peaked. I don't know how we're going to go on from here. But I'd like (laughs) to set the scene because my friends, I was saying to them, you know, I've guys got a great news. We're having, you know, the most amazing guest on. We're having Kathy Wood on the podcast. And we're like, they're like, Sophie, we love you so much. We support your podcast, but we don't know who Kathy Wood is. <laughs> it actually, the other day I sent my friend a voice memo and I was like, Kathy, like so crazy. And she responds, it was so sweet. She says, and remind me why we love Kathy Wood. <laughs> I was like, fair. So maybe let's set the scene. Yeah. I feel like Kathy Wood is like, the Beyonce of music. Yeah. And like the Anna Winter of fashion. Nice. If you're into fashion. Um, and sport, the Sam Kerr of sport. Exactly. So pick your niche and yeah. think of your favourite person and that is us for investing. I mean, she is literally one of the most famous investors in the world and we are so lucky because I feel like she never does interviews. Never does them. Well, she does them with like news news people. Yes. The podcast Very rarely does podcasts. Down. Yeah. 
Now, Kathy was so incredibly generous with her time. We had 45 minutes in the diary with her and I think we were on the call for almost an hour and a half. So long. So we have broken today's episode down into two parts. One will come out this week and one will come out next week because there was so much good content and we didn't want to cut it out for you. So little teaser for today. We're going to talk about her story founding ARC and we're also going to touch a little bit on the AI space and where you can be upskilling if you're an employee right now thinking, is AI going to take my job? Honestly, so excited for you guys to hear this episode. So let's get into it. Today, we are honoured to be joined by American investor, founder, CEO and CIO of ARK Invest, Kathy Wood. ARK is famous for its investments in disruptive innovation and at its peak in February 2021, had $50 billion in assets under management. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us on Your In Good Company. Oh, thank you, Maddie and Sophie. I'm really happy to be here. Love Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I know we need you to come down and visit so we can meet you. But Kathy, yeah. we wanted to start off with just getting to know you a little bit. And I thought that this was a bit of an insight. If you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be and why? Oh, that's so good. You know, it's interesting. Many people know us for our Tesla investment. Um, and many people think Elon Musk and I talk all the time, but I don't on purpose. I don't because it's mostly for compliance, you know, just to be, it's our largest position and so forth. But we have done a podcast with Elon. And during that podcast, I saw what a really nice, good, decent, he's a hard taskmaster, but he's a good person. And yeah, I would love to have dinner with him to be, now that you've asked me, I mean, I (laughs) hadn't thought about it. (laughs) What do you think you would ask him? What kind of conversation would you have? My guess is we'd go all over the place because he is, he is a Renaissance man or in the U.S. we would call him our Thomas Edison. So, you know, the inventor of the century, I would say. Uh, so definitely talk a lot about that and the future mm-hmm. and, and how he sees the future. But I would also like to, I like to get to know people like there. And I know a lot from his book and his upbringing and everything. I, I just like to get to know the person a little bit better. Um, I think I know him very well as a, a leader and, uh, and a mover and a shaker. Uh, but, yeah, just get to know him. And, you know, he's got all these children and like, how does he put his life together? (laughs) When does he sleep? How is this possible? (laughs) Well, I would love to be a fly on the wall of that dinner. But Kathy, on my recent trip to New York, I caught up with Lisa Diaz, who has been on our podcast before and who I know is a good friend of yours. And at the time, she spoke to me about how you were an inspiration to her uh, for founding her own business, her own advisory firm in her 60s at an age where, you know, many people are starting to think about retiring and winding down their career. Meanwhile, the wonderful Lisa is ramping hers up. So you started ARK Invest in 2014 after more than 30 years in the industry. What was driving you when you did that? Well, first of all, uh, what was driving me was I was becoming such an odd duck in the industry, uh, meaning after the tech and telecom bust in the early 2000s and then even more so after 08, 09, I saw traditional asset management 
essentially going passive. Uh, even active investors were starting to hug their benchmarks, you know, getting very close to them uh, because they thought the benchmarks against which they are measured would be the safe place to be. Uh, and this, I believe, has resulted in the most massive misallocation of capital in the history of mankind. It has prevented investment in innovation. Benchmarks are where they are because of what has happened historically. So the biggest stocks at the top, many people would call, do you know the expression fangs? Yeah. Uh, so fangs, uh, many uh, of those at the top are there because of their past successes. But Google, for example, is, we think, going to be disrupted mightily by ChatGPT. Um, I don't know if you get frustrated doing searches, but I, I've always hated it uh, on Google. But I, I use ChatGPT as long as it's about something historical. ChatGPT, it's amazing. It gets right to the point, gives me my answer exactly. Uh, and so, you know, this is this could really hurt Google's entire business model. So, again, that's an example of here's this company sitting at the top of many of these indexes. We have we we don't own it uh, because we're looking at the future saying, wow, that could be a problem. And the same thing happened around TikTok. Uh, we were looking at TikTok coming in and taking so much consumer mind share. They were saying, oh, my gosh, what's happening to all of these other social media companies and their advertising dollars? Uh, TikTok, I think, quadrupled its advertising dollars, or maybe it was more than that in one year. Well, that came out of somebody else's hide. I felt, okay, we need to start a company after I was being forced to say, oh, no, you have to look more and more like this index. I was saying, no, I don't, because that's not what we do. And so I said, no, I have to I, I have to do this because it doesn't exist out there anymore. No one's doing research only on innovation. Uh, they're not doing it rigorously if they are doing it the way we are. And we're using technology that has disrupted other industries. We give our research away. So you make a really interesting point there because ARC is well known for its transparency. I mean, you disclose your trades and you give a lot of the research away, which is really quite unusual for a fund. Why is this so important to you? We're the first sharing economy company in the asset management space when it comes to research. We are disclosing our trades at the end of every day. Why? Because 0809, everyone lost trust in the financial system. So we said we need to, we need trust and therefore we need transparency. And that's why we chose ETFs, exchange traded funds, because they are so transparent. I was hoping with this business to start that pendulum shift back towards real research and real active portfolio management instead of just mimicking indexes. Yeah, I think it's so great that ARK has chosen the ETF model to go down because it really goes hand in hand with the accessibility around investing for young people today. And I think for especially females who are wanting to get into this space and it can be quite 
daunting and overwhelming when maybe they don't have the background knowledge. ETFs make it far more accessible. Yeah, and on that point with the females as well, I know Maddie and I have been speaking about it, the number of funds run by females in Australia, and I'm sure it's pretty similar in the US, is really stuck at around that 5% figure. And I'm sure for yourself at some points it might have felt isolating at times starting your own fund. How was that experience in building up something like ARC in an environment that's, you know, previously been or traditionally been male-dominated and focused on things like indexes or benchmarks for such a long time? You know, honestly, I knew I had to do this and I knew that I was put on earth to do it. At least that was one of the reasons. Having three children was another, I must say, but a very important one. But I feel that everything I've done in my career up to now was in preparation for this moment. And now this moment has been um, nine years, almost 10 years. Uh, And yet we've just gotten started. Uh, And how are we accepted? Actually, even today, the traditional asset management world thinks we're crazy. Uh, it, it thinks that we're t- taking wild risks because we're not paying attention to benchmarks. We don't care what's in benchmarks. We're looking to the future. Uh, and I don't think we're taking wild risks. Uh, in fact, I think staying in benchmarks is going to be much more dangerous as the five innovation platforms around which we've centered our research. So multi-omic sequencing in the healthcare space, robotics, energy storage, artificial intelligence, blockchain technologies. Those five platforms involve 14 technologies that are going to disrupt the traditional world order entirely. So I actually don't think that's a safe place to be. And um, the, the, the people who have received us warmly are young people. Uh, uh, those who know that the ground is shifting underneath uh, the world's feet, thanks to technology. And they look at what's in benchmarks and they say, you know, there's a lot more going on than that. And they're often out there innovating. And they know that based on our research, which we give them, We're helping them size the markets they're going after and figure out where the economics are going to be. And they want us to be right. So if they see us making a mistake in our research, because we give our research away, not when it's finished, when it's evolving, we're putting all our charts up there where and, and you know, we'll get professors calling us or CEOs uh, DMing us and saying, wait a minute, where'd you get that number? And that doesn't seem right. Well, that's they're battle testing our research. Uh, you know, it is such a win-win for us. And so we're received very warmly by the innovation community as well. Kathy, I would love to ask, after incredible returns in 2020 and 2021, ARC did experience some pretty significant losses in 2022. Can you help us to understand a little bit more? What was it like in that time? Like, how did it really feel when ARC was experiencing those losses? I think, you know, because of all of the media attention, there are people now that we have gone through two really difficult years, 21 and 22, you know, we were the only ones out there fighting uh, the good fight for innovation. And it became part of a 
I mean, we didn't, certainly didn't intend it. Uh, we didn't intend to go through what we went through, which was a horror show for two years. Uh, we're coming out nicely now, but, uh, I think the increased media attention and, you know, they, they're, they almost were from the perception of others, not ours, beating us up when we were down on the ground. I think a lot of people rallied to us, you know, to support us. Uh, because many in the world of investing, if you see something like that and everybody thinks that a strategy is wrong and these people are out to lunch, very often they're onto something big. So we're getting more supporters now for that reason. And we're also getting supporters. Maybe they're not going to buy our funds, but they, they, they admire that we have the courage of our conviction that we believe in our research and we have the most amazing young team and we want them now that the markets have turned i didn't want them going out into the battlefield to get shot by the media while we were having such difficult times but now we're on the up and up and they're going out there and i think all of them will become famous during a, a much happier time. It must feel pretty good that ARC is starting to come out of this downturn now. I think I was reading the other day that the flagship ETF is up around 40% year to date. Yeah, and my portfolio was up 40%. I'd be very <laughs> happy. It is sometimes hard, though, to have that mindset when times are tough. How do you maintain such strong conviction, particularly when you're getting all the, this doubt from the media and others around you? Yeah, uh, it comes down to our research. Uh, no one is doing the research we're doing. And in the public equity markets, uh, what, what we find is during risk off periods where people are scared, their time horizons shrink to nothing. Uh, in other words, they just want to be with their benchmarks and they're not really looking at the future of companies. We never lose our five-year investment time horizon. And so what happens? If our research is right uh, and our price target is, you know, X, and the stock price goes down, well, the percentage from where the stock has gone to where X is has just gone up. Uh, now, we could be wrong in our research, but what happens during tough times is innovation actually gains traction. Um, better, cheaper, faster, more productive, more creative uh, products and services. And heck, we look at what's going on with artificial intelligence right now. It's free. Mm. You know, a lot of that's being commoditized. You don't pay any. Well, you can pay something for GPT, but most people won't, especially young people won't, uh, which is I love that about young people that they, they, they'd much prefer to be in the sharing economy. And that's great for us. I can definitely <laughs> resonate with being a part of the sharing economy. Mads and I were actually talking about the other day about how we use our family Spotify accounts. <laughs> thanks, mum and dad. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> mum and dad, because uh, paying for that is, uh, I, need, I need to pay for it, but it's hard <laughs> to do. We will chat about AI in a little bit because we definitely want to delve into that. But before we do, just one final question about your experience in running ARC. We ourselves are, you know, young females in the finance industry trying to find our place, I guess, and find our role. What is an important skill or some important skills that you've fostered over your career and in your journey founding the company that have really put you in good stead in being a leader in ARC? 
I think the first thing that you have to provide, and I think you are providing it here, is a service where you're you are uh, fulfilling an unmet need out there. Uh, so it's really starting if you're if you're going to start a business, you don't want to do a lot of me too's. You want to provide in your case, a community with something that they don't have, or if it is out there, it's not as high quality as you think it would be. In our case, the unfilled need was people were beginning to ignore innovation, and we just thought that was wrong, and that the highest returns are going to come in innovation now that we're through this terrible terrible period uh you know the the reason we went down as much as we did was interest rates going up as much as they did we think that we're almost through the fed says one or two more i don't know i think they're done myself um but i digress (laughs) (laughs) i digress uh so what else do we um do you need as a leader? I think, um, you know, it's been interesting. I think you need a lot of experience, to be honest, in, in, in two ways. Here's how this world's doing something, and it's the old world, and yet I see another way of doing something, and that's, that's where, um, the, bringing technology tools that have disrupted other industries, giving away research, that's considered crazy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, nobody understands that. And, and very few people are really doing it except for a few promotions here and there, engaging with the public as much as we are, you know, becoming more open and transparent. That's what, that's what people want. And I think the other thing is a lot of portfolio managers, now I'm speaking about our business in particular, they're not used to everyone looking at every trade and throwing darts at them for, you know, making mistakes. You know, in the asset management industry, it, as a portfolio manager, if 60% of your trades are good trades, meaning they, they're right, that is an excellent record. Now, I would like to think when we are judged by history, our long-term track record will be much better than that because we have concentrated strategies and our research is so specific about who the winners are going to be. So I, I believe we have in our concentrated portfolios you know, some of the biggest winners that uh, we're going to see during the next five to 10 years because of innovation. But I'm a portfolio manager who doesn't mind people kind of taking shots. I, I just don't care, you know, because every time you bring a new person into an organization, that person, uh, this is a very negative way of thinking about it, but it's just the risk. I'm not saying this is what happened. The risk is that person becomes the cancer that enters the organization and proliferates from there. It's interesting you say that about the employees. I think Australia in Australia, we're really protected as employees. So it's that what kind of thing that we don't really think about, like, oh, is our job going to be, are we going to affect the culture? Are we going to lose our job? But I was having a chat to a founder the other day and they were saying that one of the most important times in business for them is uh, someone's probation period. And I was like, what the hell? And it's because they need to assess whether or not they're actually going to be able to fit within the culture of the company. So I feel like you're really reiterating that point that like people are so important. I remember um, Sig Segalis, chief investment officer from uh, Jenison Associates, 
Um, he just passed this year at the age of 88. He was my mentor and, you know, taught me so many things. But he said that. He said, I hate it when we add another person because I know the chemistry could change completely. This could be the cancer. I have a more optimistic way of thinking about adding people, uh, especially because we add uh, people with domain expertise, often fresh from college. So they have one foot in the new world and and they're increasingly now becoming um, uh, Gen Z's. And so we need more of those because guess what? They're defining and you're in that category. I think they're defining you know, how the world's going to work. So I love it to bring new blood in and actually empower them and make them accountable because I see massive creativity, massive creativity and energy coming um, from these young people who f- who are, feel like we are on a mission to transform the financial services industry. And I do think we're back to meeting an unfilled uh, need I think employees in an organization need to feel a mission and and need to believe that their leader is serious about that mission and will not pivot. And, um, you know, in small businesses, you have to pivot, but not on the mission, not on the mission. Golly. Tactically, you pivot, but not on the mission. Uh, and I'll just tell one quick story there. Uh, one of the first analysts we hired uh, he was at Stanford University, and uh, I had identified him through uh, through the parent of a friend of mine who made the introduction. Uh, but I met him, and I thought, ah, he's the kind of person I would I would like as an analyst. Um, and this, so he would have been twenty three at the time, I think. Um, he told me there were three reasons he would never join ARC. The first is he was a surfer (laughs) from Hawaii and he could never work in front of a computer all day long. The second was we were in New York City at the time and he would never move to New York City. (laughs) And then the third is we were in the financial services industry and that was the dark side of the world. And he would never. So those were the three dings. And I said to him, as soon as he said that, and I said, then you have to come because we are going to change the financial world. We're going to change it. And he didn't come right away. He took 11 months of soul searching and then called me up and said, is the job still there for me? And I said, yes. And he went on to be, he he was our first crypto analyst and he had the fastest learning curve I've ever witnessed. And he ended up starting his own venture firm in crypto, which we weren't wow. doing at the time, at least investing. And we invested in his company and wow. he still has shares in ARC. I honestly cannot imagine anyone turning down a job at ARC. I mean, if you are hiring, please feel free to let us know. Next, Kathy, we are going to get into the Big Ideas Report, which Soph and I have spent lots of time in and we absolutely love. We're going to be talking about how we should be educating ourselves on AI and how to stay on the right side of change. But first, let's take a break for our sponsors. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. We have touched on uh, ARC's research a couple of times throughout this episode and one of the things that Soph and I have been spending a lot of time reading recently and we're massive fans of is the Big Ideas Report. And in this report, which is incredible, we'll make sure we put a link in our show notes so that everyone can go and have a read. You talk about how the fastest growing technology you believe is neural networks. In fact, the report actually states that neural networks should prove more momentous than the introduction of the internet, which for, I think, probably our generation means a lot because we know how that has shaped sort of how we go about our lives today. So first of all, because I suspect that this may be a new concept to many of our listeners, would you mind quickly explaining what neural networks are and then why you believe this is the fastest growing technology? Sure. So um, artificial intelligence um, involving neural networks, we believe is going to be the biggest catalyst to innovation in history and and, uh, especially now. Um, so if you go through big ideas, you'll see how we think it's going to become the biggest catalyst, how many other of the technologies it's going to activate and bring to life. Neural networks are patterned after the brain. And uh, so we are aiming out there for artificial general intelligence, machines, you know, outwitting man maybe. Uh, but right now, right now, we like to think about it, what's going on as augmented intelligence. This is going to lift us all up and make us all very productive, much more productive. So globally, throughout the world, there are 30 tri- $32 trillion paid to knowledge workers. Uh, and we believe that, um, that, that, The next big wave of automation, which is artificial intelligence, 
is going to take away those very boring, mundane, tedious jobs. Pick and pack, pick and pack. But even uh, that that's on the light manufacturing side. But on the knowledge worker side, uh, the time to write grants here uh, uh, in universities, I mean, it can take months, three months to write a grant for uh, government funding. We are finding that uh, uh, with neural networks, artificial intelligence, uh, that time collapses to potentially a few hours. Think about that, three months to a few hours. Anything that is rules-based and uh, neural networks are, are powered by algorithms um, and algorithms are rules-based, right? So any knowledge work that's rules-based, meaning probably mundane, boring, you know, paperwork. Our in accounting. <laughs> <laughs> um, legal is, uh, but again, it's going to, inc- to the ex- it'll displace a lot of paralegals, uh, but to the extent people go to law school and enter the field, the job's going to be a lot more interesting because um, machines are going to handle the the boring parts of the job. And that is going to allow us to leverage our intellect and creativity, depending on what the job is, to advance the, the field even more. Uh, so we think that this... A moment is the equivalent of the assembly line entering into the manufacturing space, the first automobiles. And that transformed, that created the, I mean, that really cemented the industrial revolution. And uh, we believe this will be uh, a knowledge worker uh, uh, revolution or a knowledge revolution would probably the, be the better way of saying it and give people much more interesting jobs. Many people worry about the impact on employment to the combination of robots and artificial intelligence. And that's a convergence of two technologies too. And, um, we're not really worried about that. We do know there will be retraining. There will be some displacement. But the history of technology is an, it, it is a net job creator. We just don't know what those jobs are going to be. And uh, an example of that from the Internet age is in the early 90s, I can tell you, we never, ever thought of Uber. That never crossed our minds. But Uber and Lyft could not exist without the Internet, of course. And we're going to find many more jobs like that, uh, probably more gig economy jobs where people can determine what they want to do, when they want to do it, and how they want to do it. So it's going to give us a lot more freedom, I think, and I think it's pretty exciting. This is an interesting one because, as Maddie said, we obviously are in, in, we're in accounting roles. And, yes. you know, I've got a lot of friends that are kind of in that knowledge worker space. What do you think young Australians should be looking at to upskill? Because, you know, I feel like we're really at this moment, at, we're at a moment where we're looking at AI being like, how can we adopt this into our lives? How can we like upskill? How can we learn? What are some of the skills do you think that we should be looking to upskill in to be on that kind of positive side of AI adoption? I'm going to uh, point 
them to Big Ideas 2023. And you, we are Big Ideas. We started it in 2017. And you can see the evolution if you go back, how much closer to the mark we were on electric vehicles. And now we're talking about autonomous. I believe that we have set up our portfolios on what I call the right side of change. So when I am speaking with young people, I, I suggest they look at our research, uh, think about it in the context of uh, their own education, but also keep learning. Do not submit. What's happening right now is the change is coming at us so quickly that it's going to be easy to be on the wrong side of change. I know the younger generation is great with podcasts. We do a weekly podcast. It's all about innovation. Again, making sure people are on the right side of change. Big ideas. Making sure big uh, you're on the right side of change. To give you an example, what we're, what we used to call uh, bad ideas as opposed to big ideas, uh, were, uh, we, we did, uh, a report about it. And, you know, if you look at what's going to be displaced, that's as important as understanding what's going to displace it. Um, so I know that energy, uh, uh is important in uh, an important industry. You know, we really believe that oil demand is going to fall if we're right on electric and autonomous. Uh, right now, uh, um, the, the consumption in terms of millions of barrels of oil per day is about a hundred million. And we think, uh, by 2030, I think it is, uh, that, or maybe it's 35, that will go down to uh, 70 million. And what that means is, the, the world we've lived in, which was built on top of oil, effectively, the industrial uh, part of it, certainly, transportation and so forth, that's going to transform completely. And you really want to stay away from industries that are, are going to die because they're going to pull back on investment. It'll be one layoff after another, or it'll be one transformation after another. Many oil companies are trying to uh, transition into renewables. Uh, they have the same problem that uh, traditional auto manufacturers have. 95% of their business is based on the old world, and 5% is on the new world. Well, guess what? That company is going to have many more headwinds. So I, I like to focus more on pure plays, not so much transitioning, even though, God bless them, we want them to transition. Uh, but if I'm looking for a career, I want pure play so I can just go with the new, you know, the new way of doing things. Um, and uh, and I, I also want to, again, using your education, uh, I, I, I want to make sure that I have an important place in that firm uh, and cannot be displaced. And a lot of that... Um, will be, you know, if, if you're talking about accounting. So sure, there's a lot of rules based, uh, the rules are an uh, accounting. But when you get into higher level of accounting, and you get into tax, uh, let's say tax accounting, sure, there are a lot of rules, but there are a lot of creative things you can do uh, to change a company's tax situation and 
and they're global in scope. So just think about the value you add if you cut a tax bill legitimately um, by being creative uh, uh, with your 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 tax accounting skills. So. I, I think even if you're in an industry and the knowledge industry is going to be disrupted, uh, that is going to be disrupted. Look at what the, the, the highest paid people in the industry, uh, are doing now. And, uh, and, and you will probably find that in the future, that's going to be turbocharged. Uh, and, you know, learn from them. Uh, one other thing that I suggest is, if you see something in, let's say, big ideas or from our podcasts, um, you can go to our analysts Twitter site. All of us are on Twitter. Um, you can go to Twitter and follow them. And you'll be keeping up with the change. All right. But also, if you're interested, I mean, deeply interested and want to learn and educate yourself, start following who they follow. And we've spent nearly 10 years figuring out who are the right people to follow in uh, different categories. And I do believe that we're going to be doing a lot more self-education uh, and, uh, and that those who become passionate about, you know, some, some facet of innovation and just know so much about it. It doesn't matter if you're in the financial field, but you know more about that. You'll be thinking about it from the financial angle and, and bringing much more, uh, creativity to the process than otherwise would be the case. I mean, if you didn't know anything about the technology, you might not be able to help. Uh, as they're trying to gain efficiencies as they, um, as they follow a learning curve, which is something that happens in technology. Costs fall over time. That should pass through into pricing. And, uh, you should think about the world in that way, not the inflationary way. Any, any company really depending on pricing, uh, we think in the future is going to have problems. I just think you're doing a service for young people because it's such an important time. And it's not just for young people, but parents trying to guide their children mm -hmm. which areas of education are going to be important. Yeah, grandparents who also sometimes they're the wise grandparents that children will listen to even if they won't listen to their parents, right? Sure. So it really, it really can play to everyone, you know, guiding your grandchildren, your children, or guiding you in your career, which fork in the road you should take, or guiding you in your education, where should you emphasize? And on education, one thing I will say, multidisciplinary educations are becoming much more important. So, you know, having, you know, because of the convergence of technologies, it is fascinating to watch our multi-omics analysts speak to our, our, our artificial intelligence analysts. Why? Oh, wow. Because the multi-omics analysts understand the brain and neural networks so are patterned cool. after the brain, right? And so watch them back and forth and they're both coming at innovation from a different angle and they may not even know what they're talking about when it comes to artificial intelligence. They're just talking about the brain, but then that triggers a thought and, and the AI team's uh, uh, 
from, from their point of view. And it's like, I'm in the middle saying, oh man, oh man, this is an important aha moment, you know? So I'm looking for aha moments. And I always say that about brainstorms. And, you know, I'd love, I'd love uh, some of your readers to get some aha moments about their lives, their careers, you know, how exciting the world's going to be and, and how risky the world's going to be if you don't change. Uh, so that would be my main message. I have to ask, what's your son doing? He's in AI. He's in AI. <laughs> Smart he's, boy. Uh, yeah, he's in a startup. He was in San Francisco, but San Francisco has gotten so bad. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, and his company, it's a, the company is called Labelbox. He's a, a, a systems engineer. And he, I'm very proud to say, got the OpenAI account for them. Uh, and they've asked him to go to the East Coast, uh, where he, where he grew up in, in Connecticut, the New York area, um, and to become a part of the team that's really opening up that, that part of the world for them. Amazing. Gosh, imagine a world where Number one, we're all working in AI, and number two, we have ChatGBT as our little tutor in our pocket. Would love yeah. it already. It already honestly say, is my tutor. <laughs> you're describing 2023. <laughs> Gosh, that I just feel so excited and so uh, inspired after speaking to Kathy. And the good news is, is we have so much more to come next week because Kathy is talking to us about ESG, where she sees some of the biggest investing opportunities, and then she gives us her elevator pitch on Bitcoin. Yes, next week is the deep dive investing chat. But in the meantime, join us on our socials, Instagram and TikTok at YIGC podcast. And our Facebook group, YIGC investing podcast discussion group. We suspect that we will have a few new listeners on today's episode because, I mean, it is Kathy Wood after all. So if you are new and joining us today, we would love for you to go through our back catalogue. We have lots of incredible episodes. We've recently done a founder series with some of Australia's and actually a few international best founders. We also did a series at the start of the year that was all about setting yourself up financially. And if you go back a little bit further, there is lots of incredible investing content in there too. And if you're going to do one good day today, share this episode with a friend. It makes such a difference for us. Otherwise, you'll hear from us and Kathy next week. Catch you then. Bye. You have been listening to an Equity Mates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 54067.